0: Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, That Practical Prophetic. Hello guys. Welcome to today's episode, How Reading the Psalms Can Change Your Life Literally. This is episode 14. Now remember, I think of podcasting as a two way street. I've given you our email address before. Let me give it to you again info at starfireministries.org because I'd like to hear from you. If you have questions or if you have feedback or suggestions, or even if you just want to drop a line and let me know that the podcasts have been a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. It's like I want you to have a double feeling about the podcast. Like it's a continuation of past episodes, and yet you could listen to one episode, like today's, independently, and still be blessed by it. Does that make sense? It's kind of like scripture. I mean, if you have a whole entire knowledge of the scripture as a whole, all the books of the Bible even, it's more of a richer context for one individual verse when you read it, because you know how it connects But if you're new to reading the Bible, maybe you're a new believer, a new Christian, you could still pick up and read that same verse on its own and not have a bigger picture context and still be blessed. So I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get across. So remember what we said in our last episode, which was titled Secret Ingredients to Happiness, that secret ingredient number two was that your happiness is connected to praising the Lord because... Praise taps you into the enduring faithfulness of the Lord. And that's where the Psalms came in. And that is why we're talking about the Psalms today, because it's still on the Lord's mind. I'm going to talk some about that. He is not done talking to me about the Psalms. So you're going to hear what I'm hearing about from the Lord. That's how it works. So think about it. You could be feeling down, depressed, overwhelmed, anxious, fearful, any number of negative thoughts, feelings, emotions. And when you begin to praise the Lord, I mean really, for real, praise the Lord, it lifts you up above your circumstances, doesn't it? Because, see, if nothing else, you can praise the Lord for his past faithfulness and deliverance for you, for your family. And then your faith arises and you can begin to praise him in advance because now you're confident that he's going to do it again. That's what praise does. That's why it's so important and why I'm talking about it, tapping you into the faithfulness of the Lord, because you begin to remember his faithfulness, then you begin to trust in it all over again. So I recently finished a course for my master's I told you I was working on, and I learned that there's some basic motifs in the psalms, some basic types of psalms. Some of them are praise psalms, acknowledgement psalms, lament psalms, that kind of thing. Some were written in praise of God's general attributes and work for Israel, and some were more specific, acknowledgement of God's work for an individual. So I will come back to some of that because we're going to look at some specific Psalms. So let me just give you a little bit of backstory about how I came about to be doing a podcast that's focusing on the Psalms. So to begin with, I've never had the Lord reference the psalms so much to me before. Now, remember, I've told you a lot of what I get from the Lord comes at night. The theme of the psalms in general, he's been talking to me about several particular psalms repeatedly, maybe even what I would say a dozen at least psalms that he keeps repeatedly re-mentioning and emphasizing to me. And I'm, you know, just dwelling on them, going back and rereading them, seeing what the Lord has for me in them. So we're going to be talking a bit about a couple of those psalms that the Lord has repeatedly spoke to me about and glean a few highlights from them. And hidden in them is one of the secrets, or a secret I should say, as to why reading and meditating on the psalms can be absolutely and literally life-changing. That comes from our title, right? So again, we're going to be looking at Psalm 22 and 23 here shortly. Now, another part of this backstory is how I got to be doing this podcast on the Psalms is that I was just being honest with the Lord. And I basically said to the Lord, I mean, we do this in our prayer life, right? I do it. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do a podcast that anyone's going to listen to based on the Psalms. I mean, really, when I first began hearing about this, I said that to him. Now, my prayer since then, as I continued to hear about the Psalms, was a two-part prayer. First of all, what would you like, Lord, for me to talk about so it makes it relevant to life today? Because that's so important. It, I can't just give you a lecture on the Psalms. That's There's no point in that. You need something that you can walk away with hands-on, tools in your hand, enrich and make your life better today. That's number one in my prayer. The second part of my prayer to him was, I just need to have more Um, Like I don't have enough information. Sometimes I can tell I don't have everything I need for an article, everything for a podcast. So my part two of that prayer is just give me everything I need so I can put all the puzzle pieces together, right? So that I can do this podcast. But in the process, as a bit of time went by, and I kept on praying about this, I actually heard the Lord say that if I wasn't willing to do it, He would find someone else to be His mouthpiece. Now, that was just a bit of a wow moment. I I was a little surprised. I hadn't said that I wasn't willing to do it, mind you. I just had been praying in those two ways that I had said. So, of course, I said to the Lord, yes, I'm willing. I want to do a podcast on the Psalms. But the reason I'm telling you this backstory is I want you to know the Psalms are on the Lord's mind right now. And I believe they always are. They're very important to him. And I'll keep explaining why, because it has to do with the secret uh, that I want to tell you about, how it can transform your life. So when the Lord speaks to me like that, as I said, I pay real close attention. And what I felt like he said, ultimately, is that there's this deep and ancient path. In fact, I saw it. It was kind of like a combination of hearing and seeing. There was this vision. I saw this path going down deep. It was like I felt how ancient it was. And I believe it has to do with the Psalms being a doorway of access straight into his presence. All right. It's pretty profound when you think about it. Now, before we look at a couple psalms in particular, remember how I told you that the psalms were gradually collected over time. This was in the previous episode, episode 13. And at the fourth and final stage, they all came to be canonized into how we see them and know them today. That's this book of psalms. And remember I told you that certain songs and hymns of David and Moses came to be incorporated for congregational use. Uh, Prayer of Moses, for instance, became Psalm 90. David's song from Psalm, from excuse me, from Second Samuel twenty-two, when he was delivered from the hands of his enemies, and from Saul became Psalm eighteen. But other people's psalms and songs didn't necessarily make it into the psalms, and not all of David's did, and not all of Moses did. And what I want to point out is that that's how that person recorded that psalm, meaning their circumstances, their situation. So if another person had recorded that psalm, it would be different. Miriam had some songs. Deborah had some songs. Solomon, of course, had some. It's like the real life situation and circumstances of this person comes through in the psalm. So that's what makes them really unique is because we can identify with those. These are real people who were making real praises, praying real prayers, and some of them were incorporated into the temple hymn book and devotional guide for the Jewish people. But even so, they sprang from individuals just doing real life. That's why I think so many of us can relate to them and should be able to relate to them. Because even though some of the context is, you know, ancient times, not the way that we do things now, it's still mankind, it's still the same situations we find ourselves in. We're we're overwhelmed and we need help from the Lord, right? So, um, I just finished in this course I told you that I took on the Psalms, studying Psalm 22. And that happens to be one of the Psalms the Lord keeps repeating to me over and over. Now, my professor as a matter of fact taught me everything you need to know and more about psalms twenty-two which i promise not to relay all of it and i will try very hard not to make any of this boring but i want to pass on a little bit of the technical information before i get to the certain part that i am really excited to share so psalm twenty-two is a lament Or a psalm where the psalmist addresses God, he turns and he cries out to God. So let me just pull Psalm 22 up here really quickly so that I can re- reference it from time to time. So first of all, you're going to recognize verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because this happens to be a messianic psalm also. I'll talk about that a bit. So this is like Christ's words on the cross. There are literal fulfillments in here that uh, that you can go to the Gospels and see where Christ prayed these prayers. So, in a lament psalm, as I said, the psalmist cries out to God. Then uh, he, after he turns to God for help, he laments his. Uh, deplorable state his horrible circumstances in an extended fashion he'll go on sometimes telling the Lord how long it's been since the Lord ignored him you know not only have you forgotten me but all my enemies are surrounded me etc it can go on for some time well then the psalmist will do a confession of trust and confidence in the Lord he'll remind himself of the Lord's goodness to him and deliverance to him in the past Then he will petition God to save him out of his circumstances and then finally ask God to intervene on his behalf and close with prayer and praise and acknowledgement for what God has done and will do. So it's a very good model. I want to point that out because it's a very good model for our own prayers. It's a pattern in the Psalms and many of them follow that type of motif or model. So, as I said, Psalm 22 is also a messianic psalm, in this case a typical prophetic psalm, meaning that David is a type of our Lord in his suffering and being tormented by evil men, and he uses descriptive language, which goes beyond his own literal circumstances, and to him would have been hyperbole, but becomes literal in the sense of Jesus. So, he's more than a type of our Lord, but by his Vocabulary, he becomes predictive of the death of Jesus on the cross. So let's look at a couple verses again. Verse 16 of Psalm 22. uh, Or let's see, let's drop down to 17. 16b, they pierced my hands and my feet. 17, I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. 18, they divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they have cast lots. So isn't that interesting? It really speaks to the inspiration of Scripture, doesn't it? How that carries through into the Gospels. So I want to point out, too, that there is a particular theological problem addressed in Psalm 22, which is, why does it appear as though God does not answer our prayers? Remember how it starts. My God, my God, why hast you forsaken me? So anyone who faces life objectively has observed at some time that there are good people who suffer at the hands of evil men, and when we pray to be delivered, sometimes there seems to be no apparent answer to our prayers. Remember, I said this as real people, real circumstances. So that's why we can relate, because haven't you thought that sometimes too? Why does God not answer my prayers? So really, men could draw three possible conclusions to this theological problem. First, some might conclude that God is dead. Second, some would say that he's deaf. And third, some would conclude that God answers prayers in due time. Maybe not in our time, but in his time. So the psalmist apparently draws then the appropriate theological response because he concludes that even though apparently his prayers were unanswered, God did answer his prayers in a better time and in a better way than he ever requested it, and that God does ultimately answer the prayers of all good men. So he did ultimately conclude that God answers prayers of good men, although not in this life sometimes, and if not, then in the life to come. So this sustains the psalmist's thesis that even though the prayers are unanswered, that God must answer them at a better time in a better way, And still supports the messianic context when we conclude that the resurrection has occurred then between verses 21 and 22. So what happens then is that because it still represents Christ and not just David, we see as that psalm turns right there that all of a sudden in verse 22 it says, I will declare your name to my brethren because why last part of verse twenty one you have answered me we could conclude that jesus has been resurrection resurrected at that point so that's pretty important because god did answer his prayer he was forsaken jesus was for a time but once he was exalted when he was risen we know that every knee shall bow bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord so that can encourage us see as David was encouraging himself, he didn't understand that he was prophesying for Jesus Christ himself, and that's how scripture, of course, can be so uh, extremely important because we see all the context when you see different things together and know that it supports something else. It's just awesome evidence of the inspiration of scripture. So let's look at Psalm 22, verse 3, because this has a very important thing That I want to point out. Um, Verse 3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. That's in the New King James. The Old King James says, Thou inhabitest the praises of Israel. So basically, what that means in the Hebrew, that word to inhabit or to be enthroned, is to sit, to remain, to dwell. So remember how I said that the Psalms are a corporate hymn book of the praises of Israel. That's why. When you praise and worship God using the Psalms, it's like, boom, you are transported to that place where he dwells. It's like this deep and ancient path into his presence. Isn't that cool? Remember, the Lord showed me this deep and ancient path, and I believe it's because he sits and dwells on the praises of Israel, which are incorporated in this hymn book, in these Psalms. So it's not that God isn't in all of our praises. Anytime we praise him, he's there. But there's this doubling up, this layering of our praises, this piggybacking of our praises onto these ancient hymns of Israel's praise that make them very, very powerful for us today. So that's pretty crazy cool, if you ask me. So now we're going to move on to psalm twenty three and I'm not going to spend much time here, but this is, of course a very, very famous psalm and what I want to point out is the beautiful imagery, the figurative language that absolutely transports us into a place of green pastures and still waters. It starts out, "The Lord is my shepherd, I shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside the still waters, he restores my soul." He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And of course, we could continue. But what I want to point out is that this is not just metaphorical speech, but it's an extended metaphor. And we see that one thing represents another. It's like the Lord is said to be our shepherd. We are the sheep. We follow him all of a sudden we are transported into this beautiful imagery. I mean, I can see all these things happening, right? This is a psalm that I memorized long ago as a teenager. I think I told you that I used to memorize psalm to get my way paid to Bible camp and that kind of thing. And I still use this psalm sometimes at night to recite when I'm troubled, you know, that phrase that says, he restoreth my soul. You know, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So if you go to bed troubled, bothered, Um, You know, something in your day, something in your life is very upsetting. That's such comfort to grab hold of that. In fact, I will pray that. I will say, Lord, when I wake up in the morning, I want you to have restored my soul, make my soul new again, restore it to peace and to what it should be. There's so much power in that. Alright, so let me just tell you a couple personal stories now. I'm going to give you a word of testimony in a minute, but first I want to tell you about Psalm 91 and what it, the significance that it has to me. So my youngest son is t- almost t- about, just about turn 27 in a couple days, but when he was just leaving home at, let's say, 18, 19 years old, he made the decision to join the army and specifically the infantry. Now, this is kind of troubling if you're a mother, right? I mean, it's one thing to join the army, but the infantry, I mean, that was really a stretch for me. So I made a decision that I wanted to memorize Psalm 91. Now, most of us are familiar with that. It's a psalm of great comfort. Um, the, place, the place that we dwell, we're under his the, under His wings, the shadow of his wings, where he dwells. The, you know, there's no plague that's going to come Uh, and, and, and harm us. That's really interesting since we just came through the coronavirus, of course, that kind of thing. Well, I had tried to learn Psalm 91 previous to that and had not been able to do it. I used to memorize a lot of scripture when I was young, but it's much more difficult now. And I hadn't been able to do it. So I challenged the Lord using Psalm 119.11. This happened to be a scripture that I memorized as a teenager. I knew what it said. Uh, Basically, Old King James is what I learned it in. It says, Thy word have I heard in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And I said, to the Lord. I prayed this to him. I said, you said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I said, Lord, you need to help me learn Psalm 91. And you know what? I did it. it. It was a challenge and it took me some time. I mean, maybe even a year before I felt like I could recite it thoroughly without, you know, ever. I mean, I can say that Psalm today, Anytime, day or night. And I do choose to do it at night often. It helps me go to sleep. It just calms me down if I'm upset from my day by by anything at all. And I would challenge you to try to learn scripture too. It doesn't have to be a lot. You know, even a couple verses you could work on over extended time. These Bible apps we have now are a lifesaver. It's really easy to have it on the go. If you're, you know, waiting in traffic or whatever it is, you can just pull it up. But there is a psalm that factors very deeply into my testimony, and it did literally open the gate that changed my life, all right? Now, that psalm happens to be 124. So the circumstances are, I'm going to turn to that right now, that if you heard my testimony in episode one, and again, this story will will have a little bit deeper and richer meaning if you go back and listen to episode number one, my testimony, if you haven't, but my daughter and I we just in a very, very desperate spot, Uh, me in particular, because I just I didn't know that a curse was operating against me um, of hatred passed from the daughter to the mother. So she was 13 years old at this time, and there were so many problems um, with her. And I felt like an absolute failure as a mother. So this woman, named Karen, had come to pray with us and broke that curse. And a whole bunch of stuff happened that night. And my daughter was literally set free. And that was the moment when I came from that point of being suicidal and hopeless and couldn't even see the point in life anymore, to understanding the power and the presence of the Lord, to the point that I was so fascinated, I could not go back to life the way it was before. I had to find out more about this God. So literally, the night that she was delivered, or what was it the next night? Actually, I can't tell if it was that night or the next night. It could have been the same night. I better go back and reread my own testimony so I know for sure. But in any case, I could not stop praising the Lord. And I was like literally in tears. And I had my Bible open and it happened to be, it's going to make me a little bit emotional, that I was reading Psalm 124. It says, If not for the Lord who was on our side. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, when they would have swallowed us alive, when the water would have overwhelmed us, when the stream would have carried us away, had it not been for the Lord, who had, they had given us up for prey, but our soul has escaped as if a bird from the snare of the fowlers, the snare is broken and we have escaped and I remember just praying to the Lord it felt exactly like that the enemy was Satan of course he had trapped me he had trapped my daughter he had trapped our family and I was so overwhelmed to be set free and it was like that Psalm just transported me into his presence so then what happened was I went up to bed now it was at least midnight or one o'clock at this point My husband was asleep, and when I crawled into bed and tried to go to sleep, something began to happen. So I share in that episode one how the Lord actually touched down, and through a series of uh, five or ten minutes, you can go read, or listen, I mean, to what happened. Uh, He set me free from that spirit of withdrawal that had kept me from relating to people, from being able to be in social situations. Um, He completely and literally set my my soul free from that. And from that point on, my life began to dramatically change. And a psalm was what transported me, that deep and ancient path, into his presence. So it's pretty exciting to be able to share that and relate it to the psalms. Because I was asking the Lord, now what is it that I can relate and share even from my own testimony? And here it is. That's the story that he had me uh, in mind all along for me to share. So you know how some people have more, we're going to switch now, switch gears, okay, switch to your practical brain. Some people want more of a sense of financial accountability, right? They want a budget, they want to itemize, that kind of thing. While others want more freedom, they just want to be able to spend what they want to spend. And still others want something somewhere in the middle, something in between. It's like not a one size fits all kind of thing, is it? That's not how people are. God made us different. Well, for that kind of reason, I want to make a couple different suggestions as we wind down this podcast today. For those of you who are like a little bit more structure, maybe you're the ones who have a spreadsheet for your budget every month. For you, I would suggest to read one psalm per day, especially now. I'm telling you the psalms are on the Lord's brain. They're on his mind. They just are. And for those of you who like a little bit more freedom, you don't want to be so pinned down to a formula. Perhaps you could read a psalm whenever you know you are in a dark place, whenever you need to be transported immediately into his presence, if you're depressed, if you're fearful, if you're anxious. And for those of you in the middle, maybe you want to try to read a psalm every day, but if you don't get to it, no big deal. But just keep in mind, those psalms are your lifeline, your the way to tap into that presence. Because remember... Some of us, especially I did back in that dark place, some of us have this feeling that God is far away. But remember what Psalm 22 said? He is enthroned in the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of Israel. What are the praises of Israel? The praises of Israel are the Psalms, the corporate hymn book that was used in devotional and daily life. So, I just want to challenge you, if God feels far away, then praise Him and read the Psalms, because it's in the Psalms and the praises of His people that the Lord Himself dwells. Amen? Amen. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Bless you, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, The Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your positive review helps the show reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org, where you can donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.